ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome to the No Higher Calling podcast. It is such an honor to have Francie Taylor from Keep the Heart Ministries on the podcast today. Ms. Taylor, thank you so much for joining. It's good to be with you today, and hello to all your listeners out there. Oh, I got to hear you, I think back in September at a ladies meeting, and that was really, I think, my first time hearing you. I had heard your name, but that was the first time hearing you speak, and the Lord just used you to be such a blessing. And I, when I thought about this introduction and I was looking through your website, I kept coming to this thought in my head that I saw echoed on your website, that you just share such biblical wisdom, but in a practical applicable way. And that's what I appreciate so much. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about on this episode, you know, um, motherhood, just real life stuff and bringing Christ into that and seeking to glorify Christ in the everyday life. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to share, but do you mind to just introduce yourself a little bit and share about your ministry? Sure. Keep the Heart started in 2012 when my husband heard me saying repeatedly, that ladies were asking me if we could have a website. And I didn't want one, Brittany, because I smelled extra work. I was thinking, (laughs) oh, I don't have a website on purpose. You don't know. And I knew that it wouldn't just be a website. Nothing ever is just what you see on the surface. But I didn't didn't want to keep telling people I don't know. So I went home and I told my husband probably for I don't know the umpteenth time, people are asking me, when am I going to have a website? And he said, well, let's get that going. And that's when Keep the Heart was born. He even chose the verse of Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And we both used to jokingly say, and life has issues. Like, that's our tagline. (laughs) it Does it? Oh, my. Boy, does it ever. But thankfully, the Bible has the answers. So we don't have to go without knowing what to do. But I am now a widow since 2017. He passed away, Norman did, in uh, September of 2017. And this journey, these past five, almost five and a half years, has been a process of learning how to continue to walk with God, serve the Lord, serve my family, serve in the ministry, but mm-hmm. now as a new new single person, because yes. widows are single people. We're still greatly involved, though, if we choose to be, and, and especially mm-hmm. in the lives of others, and in my case, in the lives of other women. And Keep the Heart has a primary focus there, but Brittany, surprisingly, we have a lot of male listeners on the podcast. Wow. I know. I call them spies. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, why are you guys here? I am by my audience is primarily women your age yeah. and above. I, 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 I seem to even have inherited a college age group that listens because mm-hmm. I teach college Sunday school. Yes. And all 80 of those girls listen to the podcast. <laughs> and so it's got a broad range from those 20s all the way up to anybody who knows how to use technology. Mm-hmm. And, and but but now that there's also men listening, I, I can understand it from a point of view where sometimes it helps for you to listen to a podcast that will help you understand people better. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think something I found even in having this podcast, you know, when I started it, I thought I'm only going to speak to young moms like me. And the Lord has shown me a much broader spectrum than that. Mm-hmm. But I keep coming back to you when you share truth, when you share God's word. Yes, most of my stories and illustrations are from a young mom with little children, but God's word is applicable 
no matter what season, no matter, you know, what stage of life. Um, and so it's just such a blessing to get to delight in God's word with other people. It is true. It is true. And you're right that it applies across the board. That's, I believe, one of the reasons why God told us to keep our hearts with all diligence and then right away follow it. For out of it are the issues of life. Yes. He wanted us to see that the issues of life are related to scripture and the, the solutions to the issues of life are related to scripture. So every time we're talking about any topic, we're really looking through those lenses of scripture mm-hmm. because that's where we're going to find our answers, our direction, our guidance, all of that. This young mom topic is definitely one that I'm very fond of. I have and lots I am of great memories. So, oh, I'm so excited to hear you. You know, usually when I have an interview, I kind of come up with a topic. But when you sent me your topic of if I had a young mom do-over, what would I do differently? I thought, oh, Lord, you knew I needed to hear what Francie Taylor had to say on this one. Okay, now here's a funny story related to that. I thought you asked me. <laughs> I forgot that I'm the one who brought it up. You oh suggested word. it and the Lord orchestrated that. So pour out all of your wisdom on me and the listeners. <laughs> oh, this is good. Oh, this this is good. Well, I do know, I bet I know why. I probably had just finished a project on that. And I'm going to guess that I was working on the motherhood book with Charity Berkey and her team over at Encouragement mm. for Women. So it must have been up there in the top of my writing brain for me to bring it up like that. But there's one thing I've noticed when I talk with young moms, Brittany, that I want to start with right out of the gate. And that is that we don't actually get a chance to go and erase the board. Mm -hmm. And so I try not to hyper-focus there because it'd be like trying to find contentment in something I can't achieve. And Mm -hmm. I, I likewise don't want to put that kind of burden on young moms. Here's the truth. Young moms... Moms of all ages, for that matter. We're going to miss some spots. We're going to make some mistakes. Have you ever heard of the cleaning method of cleaning big patio windows where you go horizontally on one side and vertically on the other so you can see which side has the streaks? (laughs) Yes. And then you can go fix what you missed? Well, that reminds me so much of motherhood, except for the fact that you can't go and get those streaks. Mm -hmm. Because life marches on when you're raising kids, and parenthood is a journey that doesn't let you stop and clean the glass again. You are Mm -hmm. constantly, every single day, another step further in the journey of training up your children in the way they should go. And so if we focus too much on what should we do differently, I'm even really rethinking how I present that. Mm -hmm. That, That's worth touching, but not worth parking at. Yes. What would I do differently? Many, many things. But where do I focus now? What can I do well from here forward? And how can Mm -hmm. I pass a better baton to Mm. young moms like you that are coming up in the race? And so that's what this is really coming from, the angle of I'm going to pass you a baton for your leg of the journey rather than Mm -hmm. telling you things that don't do this and don't do that and don't. Because imagine the pressure, Brittany, that puts in you. Yeah. So I'm even thinking as a young mom, I mean, my oldest is six, so I don't have that many years behind me. But sometimes there is this, I mean, there's always this overwhelming weight of responsibility. There is. These are souls. These, you know, these are people that God's entrusted to me. And sometimes there can be guilt when I look backwards, like, oh, I didn't do this right. Or, oh, I should have done more of this and didn't do that. But you're right. Focusing backwards doesn't really help me, but I can learn and I can hope for the future and change that. And I know as uh, so I have a lot of toddlers, you know, and there's sometimes where, you know, we're working through patience and selfishness and honesty. And the Lord is showing me I have growing up to do as well. 
Yes. You know, sometimes when I look at my toddlers, I'm like, why don't you get it? I think the Lord is, you know, sitting there like, I'm trying to teach you. And and I see that as a sanctification journey yes. where I'm still growing. He's still working on me. We sing it all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you mentioned that, um, that Lord willing tomorrow and next week and next year, I will have walked further in that sanctification road and God will be growing me in my motherhood journey. That's and it. and I can look forward to the hope of the future. There, that's the thing. And there's another part of this that tailgates on what you just said there. And that sanctification piece can't be left out, Brittany. Because when we're influencing someone else's life, the condition of our lives is going to affect them. That means spiritually, as well as physically, as well as everything. Our condition affects their condition. And we are, whether we want to be or not, We're their patterns. Mm -hmm. They're going to cut out their lives around us in so many ways. There'll be some parts of what we do in their lives they won't like, but there'll be other parts that they will mimic whether we want them to or not. And so we do need to be aware of, okay, how am I? What's my condition with my father? Yes. As I'm trying to parent these children. I have Mm -hmm. to say that wasn't the forefront in my mind when I was training children. So I love being able to do things like this podcast because I get a chance to hand you some things that I didn't have. I I didn't have a mentor telling me these things or giving me this information. But remember that it's mentoring information. You still want to go to scripture and ask the Lord and talk with your husband. What's the best way for us to do our family? Mm Because the Taylor tribe is not the same as your tribe. Yes. And so there's there's parts of it that God does personalize. Scripture's the same for all of us, but mm-hmm. the other preferential things, God will guide your family, and maybe some of these nuggets will help, and others you'll pass on to someone else. Yes. So tell me when you want to start with nuggets. Hey, I am ready for all the nuggets you can put in my chest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I actually wrote chapter two in Encouragement for Motherhood, and this is in the shop at Keep the Heart, but it's also in um, Charity's website. I think she has it on her Instagram. Okay, but, I'll be sure to link that. Yeah, Encouragement for Motherhood is just a great 30-day devotional, and it was written by moms for moms, mm-hmm. basically. But the chapter I wrote was called Recalculating because when people ask me about motherhood, I think about a GPS for some reason and how I felt like because we didn't have them back then, or, you know, they were just coming into vogue and there were these great big boxes that you hooked yes. under your desk and plugged into the cigarette lighter that you don't have cigarettes for, you know, that thing. It was really, it was, it was such an, an odd thing when the GPS came out, but it reminded me of life. We're mm. always trying to figure out how to handle the unfamiliar. Yes. And when you're parenting, you, I don't care. You can get to child number three, four, five, six, and there's still going to be something that comes up and you're thinking, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to share some contrasts and I hope that helps your listeners because I started looking at this through the lens of instead of what would I do over, what was a wrong turn and how would I recalculate it? Mm-hmm. So here's one wrong turn, overreacting to situations that I don't like. And that can be any little thing. And in my mind, right away on the movie screen in my mind, what pops up in my <laughs> mind is when the kids would get stuff in the carpet. Uh. 
My husband went to the trouble to re-carpet the entire lower level of our home because we were going to be using it for homeschool. I think we did that backwards. We should have put just like cheap linoleum down there, but there's this wonderful- (laughs) Wait till you're empty nesters. Right. This fabulous carpet with this great thick padding. And I, as a young wife and mom, was so excited about this newness. Mm -hmm. You know how we get excited. It's like something new and it's beautiful. Okay, nobody move. Nobody touch. <laughs> Get that out of here. And so somebody dropped a blue lollipop on the beige carpet. Why? Mm. And why was the carpet beige? Why wasn't it jet black or something? But anyway, <laughs> this blue lollipop, the, the perpetrator who will remain nameless, grabbed the lollipop, left the room. But it left a bright blue stain because the child had it in mouth the whole time. And then mm-hmm. that soggy thing hit the carpet and left a electric blue stain on the brand new, not a week old carpet. And so I started calling So that's why you stuff. have this random chair sitting in the uh-huh. <laughs> middle of the living room. <laughs> yeah, it was time for interrogation. I'm calling in the suspects and click the light bulb on over their heads, make them tell the truth. And the one that confessed, my reaction to that was not good. It was not good because I was thinking way too much about that. Boring. It was flooring. Mm. What about that child? Yeah. So recalculating, I, I would encourage any mom, pause before you respond to things that you're really irritated about. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are potholes. You could tear a tire off your car. We have times when things have gone wrong and then we're reacting rather than responding. Mm. And the kids need to see us respond. They're going to face life with reactionary people, and we can't control that, but it shouldn't be us. Mm. So that was one lesson that I learned over time. And it's not like you don't get a chance to do better, because if your children are still on this side of heaven, you get a chance to do better at that, even as they're getting older. I enjoy my adult children now so much, so, so much. But I've got to say, that doesn't mean that they're walking in lockstep perfection of scripture or anything like that. Their lives are very different, each one of them. But I love them so much because the principal focus is on loving them and being grateful that God allowed me to have the fruit of the womb, which he calls a reward. I think Mm -hmm. we really read that too quickly. This is true, that children are a reward, such a gift. And then when they're in their later years, things that God taught us along the way, we now have an opportunity to continue to practice them actively because young adult children or adult children of any age are still your children. Mm-hmm. And funny thing, Brittany, your vision of them doesn't change. All I know is it's like this. They're older, but in your mind, they're always your children, always. Mm-hmm. And you'll find yourself having plenty of opportunities to be irritated again. Aha. It doesn't end magically at ding 21 and they're old enough to pay their own bills and drive their own car. That doesn't take away the situations that can be tense. Mm. It actually increases them surprisingly because now they're grown and they don't have to do because I said you, uh, because I said so. So when we lose our hat that says, because I said so, we now have entered a zone where we have to respect an adult and still parent. And that's when we can really crank up the example and and take something that, oh, I don't like this. This is not working. And we pause and say, yeah, but what's the outcome I want? How do I want this to turn out? 
And what would be the best representation of Christ? How can I look like the most like Jesus in this situation? How can I do it? And then you dial down that irritation. And if you can't dial it down, get out of the room until you can dial it down. Because honestly, nobody needs a, a catty, angry, mouthy mom as mm. someone a part of their life at any stage. Yes. So what can we do? What we can do is when we know we've taken a wrong turn and then we've recalculated and we know we need to pause, then we can plan. And by planning, it's almost like you're role-playing in your mind. This is going to happen again. Hmm. There's going to be another blue lollipop experience. <laughs> it's just not going to have a lollipop attached. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do differently this next time? We're planning to handle matters wisely so that we can find good. That's the goal. It's so easy to overreact, but responding wisely literally does take a pause. Mm. If anything, all of us in all of our relationships, if we could master the art of the pause, and mm. then during that time, the other P word is pray. Lord, yes. let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, mm. Lord, my strength and my redeemer, not just in how I'm going to sound to this person but lord how do i sound to you he can hear our thoughts hmm. so let's deepen down right there huh we, you <laughs> you're know, getting convicting now <laughs> yeah yeah now it's like okay so god heard that even though the person yes. didn't if we didn't let it out yet yes but that also means that that's time where the holy spirit can edit us hmm. it's time for him to rewrite oh no if you say it like that the cleanup on aisle nine will be all yours. But it, <laughs> and as it, convicting as that is, it, it is also precious that in the midst yeah. of in the midst of the issues of life, as you said, that I can take a, a moment of pause and be directly in front of his throne and ask for the help that he wants to give. The Bible says liberally, abundantly. God wants to pour that out. And it's just, it's we just don't access the resource that we have in Christ, the deep riches that we find in Him. Right. But He teaches us to do it more often. As long as we will stay in His Word daily, He mm -hmm. draws us and He can actually speak to us literally moment by moment because we yes. know Him and we hear His voice. His Word is His voice that we hear. Mm -hmm. it, this is not Twilight Zone stuff. This is real relationship stuff. We hear Christ when we've been in his word. That's why I'm such a proponent of building a Bible habit. I'm yes. such a huge, huge pusher on that because I know what it gives. Mm -hmm. when, when we have a, an excellent Bible habit, God can speak to us in any situation at any point throughout the day. And then mm -hmm. we're able to do what we know we're supposed to do because we learned it from him. Now, yes. if we don't have that kind of equipment, then we're trying to live the Christian life without the Bible. Well, then we're going to get tater tot hot dish for an outcome. Yes. I, and just so that everybody understands, I hate tater tot hot dish, even if somebody else likes it. I'm sorry. I guess that that's just that's worth walking the aisle over and getting right. Ew. Oh, my. Tater tot hot <laughs> dish is so bad. But here's the thing, what I mean by tater tot hot dishes, you're going to get potluck. Your outcome is going to yeah. be very unpredictable and all over the place. And you're going to be wondering, well, what's going on here? I'm dotting my, my I's and crossing my T's. We go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We go to special meetings. My kids are in Christian school. They're in Bible camp. 
what's wrong here? What's going on with this outcome? Well, we're using paint. Hmm. And we're trying to paint Christianity on all the people in our presence, including ourselves, instead of actually having a real relationship where we're meeting with God and then he's saying, now, go and do likewise. I just taught you what you're going to do today. And he does that from his word. He teaches us and he's always teaching us. But if we won't show up, then we miss the lessons. And so then we're trying to guess. And that's like throwing mud at the wall to see what'll stick. Yes. And I love that you made that emphasis about really just building your life on the Bible, building that Bible habit. I know you've been going through that on your podcast. I've gotten to listen to some of that. And that's something that the Lord has really shown me in the midst of my motherhood is, you know, I sometimes I, I feel like I question the Lord, like, why are my words to them not turning up fruit? And the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart that it's His word that does not return void. And that was a challenge to me yeah. because... That meant I had to know his word so that in those moments I could give it. And I've been in a process of trying to, you know, okay, instead of, hey, stop fighting or stop squabbling or whatever, you know, trying to use scripture to combat those and give them God's word and claim his promises. Um, And that I have seen the fruit of that in my life and in my motherhood. Um, So I love that you made that emphasis because I think all of us could spend more time in God's word, meditating on it, uh, memorizing it. And when you see the power in your life, then when you put it to together, it's just, it, it's life-changing. It is. It is. I want, to, I want to encourage anybody listening, though, because, again, I, I know how burdened you all feel, and I know how pressured you are. And so whenever somebody's giving some kind of a how-to episode or advice, I always want to temper it with, Go the simplest route. Do what you know you can do, and then it will get done. If if I were to say, so build your Bible habit, you need to read five chapters of Scripture in the morning mm. and five chapters at night to be anywhere near equipped. Well, okay, let's all shut down now. Because <laughs> I was going to say, well, I'm, I'm going to just check failure in that right, box. <laughs> right. I'm not going to be able to attain to this high bar here. Yes. So that's why I push simplicity. Build Your Bible Habit, the podcast episode, isn't even really an episode. I simply read a chapter of Proverbs. I make a brief commentary Mm. at the beginning, a brief commentary at the end. And when I say brief, it may be 35 seconds worth of commentary, beginning and Mm -hmm. the end. And then in the middle is the chapter of Proverbs for the day. And when those are there, I've I've said this before too, it takes four minutes maybe to listen to, five Mm. on the longest one, but nowhere near more than five. Most of them are shorter, and some of them even top out around three and a half Mm -hmm. minutes. It's minutes. It's just simple minutes. And in those minutes, God can teach us mountains because he's teaching principles that are ready to live. Proverbs Mm -hmm. is like um, ready-to-go food. You know, the spiritual food of Scripture is all good for us, all beneficial. Yes. But Proverbs reminds me so much of, okay, God packaged this stuff right here. He mm-hmm. wanted us to get this and go get in the car with it. Let's go mm-hmm. down the road with this. Case in point, this this thing about saying things that we really ought to be careful about. Well, God talked about that. So on Proverbs, um, on the 10th day, somebody's going to be reading Proverbs 10, and they're going to see, in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin but he that refraineth his lips is wise. That will lock and load because this Mm -hmm. is spiritually discerned, not just mentally. And so it's going to go deep into us. And then as soon as we're ready to blow it, 
We're going to hear in our soul in the multitude of words are one if not sin. And we're going to back off a minute and say, ooh, okay, so exactly what kind of grade do I want on this class? I think I'd like an A. So I think I'm not going to say what I was about to say because that's going to be sin. I know better. Yes. And when we know better, we can do better. But if we don't know better, we cannot do better. And that's why the scripture is essential. Motherhood without a Bible, well, goodness, then just take the sun out of the sky. Mm-hmm. And I love, I, I love how real God becomes when you have this continual dialogue, when in the middle of my day, the Holy Spirit interjects and yes. uses scripture and, and it just, he's with you through yes. it all. And, and yes. that is so faith building and so encouraging to remember. God's just, I mean, not just as, he's more interested in my motherhood and in my children than I could ever fathom. Mm-hmm. And yes. he's, he wants to use us in such an amazing way in the lives of the next generation, really. And the next generation is going to face things you didn't face. Mm. You're facing things I didn't face. So he needs the mothers and the fathers to be more checked in than ever before. This is not leave it to beaver days. Mm -hmm. It is a very, very perilous time to raise children. And yet God's still bringing children into this world. That means he still wants children to go on. He still wants parents to raise children. And he still wants someone to be sought out and, and come to know him as savior as a result of the fruit of the womb from all the families that are still being allowed to have children. This is all very related to the gospel when you boil it down. We're we're gospel servants when you take away everything else. Our purpose is the gospel. God wanted to have some ambassadors left here, even in days like this, but he equips us accordingly. So Mm -hmm. the equipment I needed is different than the equipment you need and is going to be different than the equipment your children will need. Well, that is a nugget that I am going to tuck away and pull out and look at again and and just cherish just remembering um, this truth from God's Word. Do you have some other nuggets to share? Or I do. I do. Okay. Another wrong turn was pridefully refusing to admit when we were wrong. Mm. Like, Back I'm to wrong. the conviction. <laughs> I'm wrong, and I know it. And tough. Yes. Ooh, bad. So in recalculating, as God taught me how to do that better, he taught me at a conference. I was at a conference with my husband, and it was a homeschool conference, no less. And we heard that parents need to be very quick to use seven wonderful words. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Mm. And when I heard that, I was cut to the core. It was like, oh, oh, there's, I mean, it just jabbed me because I thought, okay, so all right, the kids are this, 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 this age. How many times have I not done that in prideful, just insolence? I didn't mm-hmm. want to because they were wrong first, you know, <laughs> you know, make it up, make it up as we go along. I was wrong, but they were wronger. That is actually yes. a word in the dictionary. So learning how to ask forgiveness promptly keeps us from trying to rationalize our, our situation saying, well, you know, actually I didn't do anything wrong. They had that coming to them, so on and so forth. No. When we've committed an offense, we can tell. Mm. Can't you tell when you've gone over the line? Mm. You yes. Were, yeah. You were meaning to correct, but it went beyond correction and it went to pain. Mm. See, leaving that un 
confessed too many times builds up a hardness in a child. And then that callousness starts to show up in the later years. And then you're dealing with something that you yourself actually had a hand in creating. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's an error that can be corrected. And that's the good news, but committing offenses without apologizing sincerely sets an example of how to be prideful Mm. and then sow seeds of bitterness in the heart of the child doesn't take very much water on weed seeds. You don't really even have to water them. <laughs> I was going to say, they don't need water. They don't even they need just... water. And bitterness is a weed seed. The yes. Bible even says so. So this is, this is something that we have to learn to see when we're wrong. And mm. then we have to admit that we've been wrong. Mm. Well, I we know something that the Holy Spirit just showed me in this area is I will say I'm sorry. But I usually follow that up with a, but you shouldn't have X, Y, Z. And the Holy Spirit just kind of spoke to my heart, even just recently, like, is it truly saying you're sorry? Is it truly an apology, asking forgiveness? If you continue to justify, well, this is why I was wrong. Or, you know, this is why I felt like it was okay to sin. And so I've really just been trying to think about that and be like, if I'm going to ask for forgiveness... I'm just going to ask for forgiveness right. because I, I sinned right. and not try to justify it. <laughs> it's sometimes hard when you're in authority <laughs> and parents are in authority. It's sometimes hard to admit that we're wrong. Yes. But, but we need to take the foul, Brittany. We need to own mm. it. Flag down at our feet, take the foul, put the hand in the air and say, I was wrong. Will you yes. forgive me? And, no, and yeah, then but. just bite the tongue when you want to say, even though you've got that lollipop all oh. over my floor. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's uh. the end. There's a period there at the end of the sentence, and that's yes. it. And then uh. they learn the better example. Oh, mm. that's how you handle it when you're wrong. They always think of everything that comes out of the mouth of a parent as a class. Mm. So they're in a class for learning how not to be prideful or a positive spin. They're in a class for learning how to be humble. And they're watching, how, what does humility look like, Mom? What does it look like, Dad? And, and we model it when we have little things like this come up. They're really just like pop quizzes that God inserts throughout the day. And we're thinking, ah, ah, and but another wait. quiz. Yeah, wait. <laughs> didn't we just do one at two fifteen? It's like it's two seventeen. All throughout the day, there's pop quizzes until they're asleep, <sighs> and and then you get to go into the pop quiz of marriage mode because that's another relationship. <laughs> that's like, oh, no, I never done. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, we actually do have some beautiful peaceful zones. That if we don't fill them, we can enjoy them. This is another motherhood caution. I didn't have this when my children were little, but you guys have a major, major issue that um, you'll want to really get under control. And I mean, you will want to be ruling over this issue, and that's the issue of how you use your, your spare time. Mm-hmm. But you'll feel stressed out and like you never have a moment to yourself if when you finally get a moment, you fill it with something that's not relaxing. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you one example of something that is not relaxing, but it's very commonly done in the age groups of 20 to 40, and that's scrolling social media. Yes. 
And now, you know, I'm not anti-social media. Keep the hearts on all of it. And so mm-hmm. obviously I'm not a basher. I, I don't even want to uh, touch that. It's just that my husband used to say, because he was in technology, he used to say, it's not the tool that sins, it's the user. Mm-hmm. And so we have to become wise as serpents and harmless as doves with every tool that's entered into our life because the tools can make things easier, quicker, more enjoyable. They can be beneficial in very various ways. But but just blindly scrolling for, say, two hours every day, maybe three if you add up all the minutes of jumping on and mm-hmm. off of it. And it does have a timer built into it. A person could actually look at their usage in the back end of, a, of any social media tool. But mm-hmm. is that time the best way to use your downtime when you need to refuel? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying go be Laura Ingalls Wilder and climb into a chair <laughs> and put a lamp over your, your next No, I'm to, glad uh, you're addressing it, though, because I do feel like, you know, if we're speaking to young moms, this is a reality of a struggle. And yeah. I think sometimes I know being the young mom. I'm with little ones all day. It's little conversations. It's little mm-hmm. hands. It's not little messes. We have big messes. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that feels like my entrance into adult world to get on. And, you know, what's so-and-so doing? But if one minute becomes 10 minutes, becomes an hour. And then I'm like, oh, nap time's over. And I got dinner. And, I, you know, and I, I do think it's a reality of, mm-hmm. of a, a big issue that right. my generation really struggles with. And, and, and your generation also struggles with um, pandemic levels of depression mm. and um, unusual bouts of, of deep discouragement. And I, I haven't done the science study on it, but the world has done the study on the effects of social media on a person's emotional well-being. We have pretty much as Christians ignored those studies, but we actually ought to read them. Those studies were done for a reason because there was such a dramatic increase in suicide amongst teenagers. And they were trying to see, is there a correlation here? And they were finding more than correlations. They were finding deep data that was very disturbing. And yet it gets buried because this is not just social media. This is a realm called the prince of the power of the air, as scripture calls it. And in that realm, if we go diving headlong into that realm, we should expect to come out of it scuffed up. Mm-hmm. But if we will retain some areas where it's not going, we're not going to allow our spirits to be overwhelmed or oversaturated with things that actually don't do us a whole lot of good and certainly don't give us any rest or peace. Mm-hmm. If we'll just be more protective there, we're going to find that we become calmer in all of our relationships. Yes. I, 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 I can't be a bigger fan of low use of any form of media mm-hmm. and use it almost like it's um, a condiment. I don't take the ketchup bottle, screw off the lid and dump the whole thing on my burger. Yes. I will just squeeze a little bit on there. If we will use these things like spices and condiments, these tools that are available to us, then they don't do so much harm. But if we abuse them, we're going mm-hmm. to suffer the effects and then we'll wonder what's wrong with life? What's going on here? Why am I so irritated with my kids? Why am I so irritated with my husband? Nobody understands me. And you know, on and on it goes. And then we go jump on social media looking for the answer or we go to mm-hmm. Google, why am I so down? You know, these kind of things are, you know, it's like, how about, oh, you know, yes. oh, there's a solution. And, and part of the solution is 
First of all, don't let a day go by where you haven't met with God because he's our principal first relationship. And that, like I said earlier, can be as short as five minutes, though I suspect that he'll become so dear to anybody that people will want more than that. Mm-hmm. But but start somewhere, begin anywhere. Yes. And then the second thing is analyze how you're using your time. Mm-hmm. And then it will help you not to be this high-strung person who never really calms down and feels like it's actually everybody else's fault. Mm. That is so good and so true. And, you know, I think something that I've been challenged with is, is the Lord the first person I talk to in the day? Because that phone is so accessible Mm -hmm. and tempting and glowing and all the (laughs) notifications in the morning. And, um, but you're right. We need boundaries around even things that could be a helpful tool. Mm -hmm. And you've said so much through this podcast already, but we are the example for our children. We are modeling for our children. And I, don't know the future, but I could foresee that it's only going to become more technology crazed. Um, And so we need to set a good example for them, again, of moderation, of Christ first, and not filling a void with something that will never satisfy. Right. And there again, the class that you're teaching when your children see that you hardly can put your device down is that as soon as they're old enough to own one, they're supposed to ignore the humans in the room and pay attention to the humans in the box. This is going to affect interpersonal relations over time. It just can't help it. It already yes. has. You you walk anywhere now and people are walking without looking up. So they don't even mm-hmm. see you walking right at them. They don't know that they're walking right at you. Yes. We've already gotten there, but your children are watching how you handle your tools and they're going to mimic how you use them and then take it to another degree. Well, the verse, be still and know that I am God, comes to mind. We don't know how to be still, mm-hmm. and and that is really to our detriment. Yeah. I know that in those moments of stillness, where where's the phone? Where's, you know, got to check, got to do, like mm-hmm. you said, in the grocery store. Oh, I'm standing in line for five seconds, so let's catch up. And um, But I think we it would do us good to be still mm-hmm. and to reflect and to fill our hearts with God's Word because, I mean, tying it to the beginning, right. we need His Word to be able to pour out what we need to as mothers. Right, right. And if that stillness is during a time when the kids are up and awake and they see that, you've now modeled to them to be Mm -hmm. still. If that stillness is after they've gone to bed and your husband is sitting there in the room, if he's on his phone, gently take his phone, put it face down, and curl up under his arm. Mm -hmm. You have each other for a limited time. And I don't think that we realize how much time we squander neglecting real people in the room mm. so that we can spend time with the electronic friends who are not even a part of our lives. Yes. Yeah. Mm. You ready for the next nugget? Because we sort of veered off on a... <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> we did. I'm going that the Lord took us there because it came I, up yes. as I was thinking about your your state where you are. The time yes. in your life is, is really a, what triggered that. Well, here's yes. another wrong turn. This one was this one was one that was painful in our family, and we had uh, a situation where we failed to acknowledge that people had done wrong. I, there was something that happened in the lives in the life of one of our children, and the person mishandled it. There is a very careful way to handle that when you're addressing something where an authority figure has done something wrong, someone that you should have been able to trust and that the child certainly should have been able to trust, but they 
dramatically or even just slightly mishandled the situation. We just followed the line of you're loyal, you don't badmouth authority, you know, and they, they said this, so you just told the line. That is another way to breed bitterness. It's also a way to drive children away from Christ instead of towards him, because they interpret all of this stuff as related to Christ. Mm-hmm. They draw the line and it's like, and all of this is because of Christianity. And then they'll draw the line further and say, and none of my unsaved friends are going through this. And kids have unsaved people in their lives. Yes. And they're watching them just like they're watching us. So we failed to acknowledge that people can and do wrong, can and will do wrong, even though they're saved. And we were really sorry about that. And we did have to go back and acknowledge that very carefully without bashing the person, but explaining what we saw was wrong and, and, and explaining to our child that we understood how that hurt. When mm-hmm. someone has committed an offense against a child, if we won't address it, we're being deceitful and dishonest. Mm-hmm. And that cover-up is something that a child will grow to actually despise. Yeah. And we don't want to cause a breach in our relationship. And we also don't want to teach children that it's you have to be silent when someone's done something wrong. Oof, that message has caused untold damage. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to perpetuate that. So the plan, we've made the wrong turn. We're recalculating by admitting it. And the plan, we need to plan to have hard conversations with our children. We're going to need to. There are certain things that are going to come up that we need to be even thinking ahead. What would I say to my child if they came to me and asked me a question about this violation of scripture or this offense that happened or you name it, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the difficult realities that are existing yes. in our world, what would I say? Don't wait until they come to you. Mm-hmm. Sit and talk about this as a couple before these things start. You already know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Anticipate that your children have questions and prepare to have biblical answers. Mm-hmm. But ones that will make them feel strengthened and equipped to go forward in this world. We need our kids to love the Lord and love people at the same time but they have to understand also that when we are when we are living out our lives as people that believe in Christ as savior the the gospel that we carry in our very being because of of salvation is not someone else's gospel if they don't know the lord mm-hmm. so then they don't have the motivation that we have to please him there is no motivation there's only a motivation to please self We have to have these real discussions with our kids. And then we have to point out to them. Now, if you copy that, then why should anybody get saved? If your life is just as messed up as theirs, they're looking at you for help. Mm -hmm. And you jumped into the mud pit with them. And so now you're both drowning in the mud. Yeah. And I think God knew what he was doing when he created home. Mm -hmm. I think it is such a special environment and in a season in life, especially if, you know, having little ones and as your children get older, that in the safety of your home um, with mom and dad as the filter, um, that you can address these hard topics that are real, that are going to break their hearts, but you get this opportunity to, to prepare them, to equip them. Yes. With with scripture and with truth for right. the broken world that they will face. Right, right. And they'll be able to face it with compassion. Mm. 
not not an irritable spirit that feels like they have to point out everybody's flaws, but a compassionate spirit that realizes that if they hadn't been born in their home, they wouldn't know either. Mm-hmm. Reading compassion comes from compassion. And if they sense that compassion in their parents and if their parents explain even the concept of it, we we have a better chance of that outcome ma- manifesting in their lives. You know, mm-hmm. we are creating a culture that is, it's an unfortunate one. It's so us against them. Mm. And and both sides are throwing, you know, the the balls at each other's heads, both sides. We want to step away from that. We want to be sure that we're not perpetuating something that we don't want someone else to do to us. Now we're back mm. to Matthew. We're back to that passage of scripture. The things yes. that you would have someone do to you, likewise do so to them. All right, so if I don't want to have someone um, coming and calling me names, Mm -hmm. then I likewise shouldn't go posting something on Facebook that's mocking somebody. Yes. It's, it's, we don't want, we hear it all the time. It's so overused now. It's almost just trite, but rules for thee, not for me, doesn't work. Mm. And so we want to be so careful that we're having these honest conversations and we're not hiding when someone has created an offense and or has committed an offense and especially if it's against our children Mm -hmm. we don't ever want to create in our own home the idea that we're for everyone else but the people in our home yes yeah well you ready for number last sure (laughs) (laughs) this was a final this was a wrong turn treating our spiritual lives like items on a to-do list Mm. And we didn't realize how robotic we had become until one day again. And this is a great reason why church is so important. You hear things in a sermon you weren't even thinking about. And when this was brought up in a sermon many years ago, that treating your um, spiritual life like a to-do checklist, it, 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 it turns it from a relationship to an academic subject. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like, that's not what I want. And the Bible's not an academic subject, and God's not an academic subject. I don't want that. So when we were recalculating, we have so many Bibles. We went and counted in our house one day how many Bibles per person. (laughs) (laughs) We finally decided that we weren't going to get a good, accurate count because some of them weren't all over the house. I mean, we have have too many. I I think Mm. I topped out at 11 just for me alone. But you know, Brittany, we have a church home, but do we treat it like we're going to the dentist, get our teeth cleaned? And then we have this this Bible, but do we treat it like, oh, I've got to do my lessons today? Mm. You know, all of these things are things our kids are looking at. And in their minds, without realizing it, they're asking the question, how real is God? Mm. And how real is the Christian life? They're, they're observing how we live, not just the things we say, and we know that, but do our lives teach them that worshiping God is something that you have to do? Hmm. Because people tend to ditch things that they have to do if it wasn't their choice to do it in the first place. Yes. This is why when parents say to me, I've raised my kids in church, why don't they want to go Well, maybe without realizing it, mom and dad accidentally portrayed an image that looks like 
worshiping God is something that you have to do on Sunday. And then Monday you go back to work. Mm. And, and we want to be so, so careful that they're not absorbing our patterns on how to live these crazy stressed out lives. And then one day the end, your grandma and grandpa's age. Mm-hmm. We want it, We want them to see something more than, oh, our family has church as a, an add-on accessory. And in our family, it's like matching shoes in a purse. We don't want the kids to get that message. So how can we angle this differently? First of all, we can be really mindful of how we portray our spiritual lives to our kids. Mm-hmm. We want to be so careful that they're not seeing a robot. Because they're taking their cues from us. What's our attitude when we're getting ready for church? Oh, hurry up. Get in the car. Get out of the car. Did, did you remember to put on your deodorant? I mean, you know, are we all over everything? But let's get ready to go to church. Yes. Relaxed. Calm. Mm. They're taking their cues and they're developing their attitudes about God, church, Bible study, and prayer from the parents. So do they see a person who's calm in spirit? who loves the Lord, who's really seeking him and is genuinely disappointed when she's not pleasing him? Mm. Or do they see a robotic church attender who's, check, did that, Wednesday, check, did that, like church is a task on a house cleaning mm-hmm. list? Well, I am a task list gal. I love my <laughs> task list. But you know what you will never find on it? Mm-hmm. My husband's name or my children's name. Good. Because... They shouldn't be on that. They are just a part of every moment of every day. That's not a task that I would ever check off. But how often, like you said, is Christ put in a little box? So, oh, yeah. got my five minutes, and so I'll see you tomorrow morning for five minutes. I know that just, there's just conviction all over this episode. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. God God knows we forget till he reminds us through his word. Hmm. He wants us to to remember that we're actually engaging in worship every day of our lives, sun up, sun down. And actually, even our thoughts that we have that we don't voice are part of our, our life of worship. And his, here's a beautiful passage. Psalm 96 verse 8 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. When we think about that, are we doing that in the way we worship him? Or are we just checkboxing him? And if the answer is we've been boxing him, then we can change that. That's the beautiful thing about this whole discussion, Brittany, is there's nothing we've talked about that's not fixable. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, woe is you. You're beyond repair, mom. You can't fix. Nope. Uh-uh. God is constantly, constantly working on us, not yes. just as moms, but primarily and first as children. Mm-hmm. And he wants to, he wants his children to grow up in a way that magnifies him. So as we continue to grow, we're we're following Christ literally right straight into eternity. Without spiritual growth, we're modeling, okay, Christianity is something you do. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. I know our pastor says all the time um, mm-hmm. that the call of Christ is the call to be with him. Mm-hmm. And just the reality that he wants to be with me in the midst of my motherhood is so precious. Right. And I just need to pause and pray and let him in and right. make him a part of every moment of every day. And if I haven't been, like you said, I can start today. That's right. Well, if we were going to give a wrap-up takeaway, I would I would definitely encourage moms 
not to focus so much on what you would do over if you could, because we'll always have that list, but definitely focus on what can you do better from here going forward and begin with the person in the mirror. I still am a mom. I still have an influence in their lives and I want it to be a godly one, not just a good one. Mm. I'm, I'm still a Christian friend. I want to be an iron sharpeneth iron friend. That requires time with God. But most of all, I want my relationship with God to be so familiar that when he says, that's your last pulse beat, Francie, you're coming to me now. We're going to be familiar with each other. He won't be a stranger. Mm. What a precious thought. I love that. Well, do you mind to close this episode out in prayer, just praying for the listeners that we can put to practice these things that you've shown us from God's word? Sure will. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful you gave us this time together. And I know that women who are listening are thinking the same thing we've been thinking. What can we do, Lord, to be better representatives of you? I pray that you'd cause each wife, each mom to know the way wherein she should walk as she lifts up her soul unto thee. And, oh, Lord, please cause her to hear your loving kindness because you are a loving, kind God. We love that about you, and we want to be more like you. Help us as we do these important roles that you've given us in life, all of our relationships, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.